To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Sergeant Turley. Sergeant Turley. In the last five minutes, a vitamin called in here has tripped. What the hell is going on? Stop. Let me explain. For the rest of the day, we're supposed to handle the department's communication. What do you mean, handle? They're shutting down the police van. All calls will be coming through this switchboard. And I'm gonna marry Donald Trump. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Look forward to hear from the Spare Parts Studio 2.0. Gotta remember the 1.0. Oh, the good old days when I was in the corner with no money. Mm, ah, more on that another time. Maybe I should write a book. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. And you can find me on TikTok at positive sarcasm. Check out my YouTube channels, positive sarcasm and positive sarcasm podcast. Like, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell. You can also email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. And you can donate and support this podcast by going to positivesarcasm.com and clicking on the contact section. There's a donate button, a cash app affiliate link, and a Robinhood link, and a Venmo link. There's an everything link. Or you can just go right to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Um, hope everybody is enjoying the rest of their week. I uh, know you will not get any election results here because I don't... Uh, this podcast is not form- formulated to handle that type of chaos. We deal with different shit over here. How is everybody doing? Otherwise, I hope you are handling your day well. Uh, I got out of the house early to go ahead and pursue some uh, some car maintenance stuff. And it was a beautiful morning. The coffee was delicious. People were friendly. It uh, it seems like just another Wednesday right now. At the, vent- at the end of the day, people just, they got to get back to work. They got shit to do. That life has to go on in... For people who have stuff that they need to get done, this is just, it's its another thing. It's really no big deal. its it, To them, it's either it's sunny or it's raining. That's it. To them, it's just the weather. They're just All they're going to do is change their coat. 
So uh, you got to understand that this is, to me, for the most part, a just another Wednesday. We still have stuff to do. We still have responsibilities. We still have loved ones. We still have families. We still have pets. Okay, their f food has to be on the fridge. Money's got to be in the bank. Credit cards have to be low amount of debt. And your credit score's always got to go up. So do yourselves a favor. Don't spend a lot of time online. Focus on the market. Focus on yourselves. Try to be a better person. Remember, by being a better person, it starts with working on yourself and not other people. Okay? Leading by example, not by suggestion. So one of the things I've been holding off on this article for the past, uh, I'd say month, because I've just been kind of, well, I've just been holding off on it. I wasn't sure how to approach it. Sometimes you look at an article and then you have to like, like sometimes when you sit down and you watch like an interview or you watch like a conversation, you have to understand that the people that are sitting down for the interview or the conversation have had a day before they sat down. So depending upon their hormones, depending upon their mood, depending upon the, what's going on in their life, the interview can go completely differently. So you have to understand, people are always changing uh, their thoughts and feelings, sometimes moment to moment or year after year. And when I approach an article, when I read an article or I go through it, depending upon how I'm feeling that day or depending upon many different factors or the smell in the air, I don't know if I want to approach an article at all until I... Uh, try to see it from a few different perspectives or maybe I just want to approach it to see if there's something some validity here to it so it's just like I said like I said when you approach something or when you view something online or when you view anything in general when you die when you try to dissect information if it is you have to conclude number one that you are capable of understanding the information two if it's actually the if it's actually information or misinformation or three, if it's more conceptual in its nature as far as, okay, here's what we're seeing. What do you guys think? See, sometimes articles are talking to you, and sometimes articles are talking at you, and sometimes articles are talking through you. So if an article's talking to you, it's trying to reach you to communicate with you that this is the information they gather. We'd like for you to decipher it in the best way for you to use it. Like, for example, oh, here's an article about vitamin D. Here's what it does. And here are some examples of how it benefits your life. Go ahead and take that information and see what you'd like to do with it. That's knowledge. That's the power of knowledge. Then there's an article of like, this is the thing. You need to do this. That's like, it tells you, the article tells you, it talks at you. Like a, like a preacher who doesn't ask for your opinion. So it's like, this is how it is. This is how it should be. Don't question us on it. And that's it. That's an article that talks at you. There's a lot of articles that do that nowadays. A lot of companies that used to have journalistic integrity, but no longer. The New York Times is a perfect example of that. But they talk at you. And they want you to make decisions based on their suggestions. Or not make decisions at all. It depends. Those are articles you want to avoid. Those are op-eds. So you want to go with the with the former than the latter and then there was the articles that talk through you these were articles these are articles that maybe weren't meant for you to see weren't for your demographic they want they wanted you to just pass on the information without uh validating it they were articles to they could be articles to belittle you as a person make you think that you're stupid these articles are even more prevalent nowadays 
and they're hurtful and, and, and insulting to human intelligence. Don't get me wrong, we're not the brightest bulbs in the fucking kitchen, but give us some credit to understand the information that you're trying to feed to us so we can better live, have, live a better life. Because the better lives, the better life we live as an individual, the better people will be around us. So the better the individual, the better the collective. So articles that talk to you, at you, and through you, you want an article that not speaks to you, but gives the proper information or the best concept possible so that you can decipher it and use it to your ability. Or at least ask questions to the right people regarding the article so they can give you the proper answer. That's all. Just try to educate as far as, like ask yourself this question. What articles do you read? What news publications or or, or journalism uh, sites do you visit? What things do you read? What Q&As do you check out? What movies do you watch? What religion do you partake in? What religion were you born in? What values what peop, what values do you hang out with? Excuse me. What the people that you hang out with, what kind of values do they have? So it's like a whole slew of things like ask yourself these questions so that you not you don't you're not supposed to live the life that I live. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to uh you know, build a podcast studio you know, have a small culinary company, very small, by the way, one that's restarting next year, and take random chances on things that may or may not necessarily work out. You're not supposed to be as impulsive and as dream-seeking as I am, maybe. However, you are you supposed to use what you have to your benefit. That can mean a, multi a multiple multitude of things. For example, if you don't have to buy something, maybe you can build it. If you can go without or you can wait a little longer, do you have to have the shiniest car? Do you have to have the fastest car? Do you have to have the cleanest kitchen or the most efficient kitchen? Do you have to have do you have to have these things? Is it really going to make your day better? Like the the idea of law of diminishing returns? Like uh, if you have a four burner stove, could you have a six burner stove? It's like all these little things that you're focusing your time and time and effort on. It's like, okay, does it really matter at the end of the day? Does it get you that extra 20 minutes of free time that you were desperately seeking? All right, when you're trying to make your coffee, and instead of making your coffee with a French press or a pour-over, you're now going to the depths of a Keurig. So how much time do you really have left in your day? Maybe you need to reassess your entire day altogether if you have to cut so many quarters. It's like a... Uh, it's like a there's a who the hell the guy um, Brian Regan has a sketch about like microwave your pop you can toast your pop tart for two minutes or you can microwave it for like three seconds and he says if you have if if you need the microwave to if you need to use the microwave to get your quote breakfast you need for three seconds you need to readjust your schedule you need to reassess how your day is going um, so. My idea, this is all the stuff that I go, I go through in my head before I approach an article. And I caught wind of it a few months ago. I caught wind of it about a month ago, excuse me, from Mel Magazine. Mel Magazine, also, if you uh, subscribe to Dollar Shave Club, I go through them. They're like 10 bucks a month. I get the executive blades. I get it every two months they send me that cartridge. And apparently, I think on the little cardboard box that they send to you, 
it has a subscription to Mel Magazine. Like, did you check out this week's Mel? And I'm like, I didn't know that they did Mel or that they are affiliated or, you know, whatever with Mel. I'm like, all right, well, I have an article from them. And I want to kind of peruse through this because culturally it makes a, uh, there's a lot of relevance to it. So let's see if there's some connections that we can make throughout the article and see if there's some conclusions we can come up with. And if we can't, that's all right. Maybe you have and I haven't. Maybe I've got more work to do. That's fine. Let's try to figure things out together. I mean, what else is there to do? What, are you going to just sit there and watch the polls update? No, let's read some things, see if we can gather some knowledge, and go on from there. So, this is an article from Mel Magazine, and it's, it is entitled, aggressively, The Rise of the Unhorny Man. Have we reached peak horny on Maine? Men are retiring the long-held assumption that sex is the only thing they're capable of thinking about. Now, as I read this, understand, I'm not on either side of the fence as far as who the author is, what their intentions are, good or bad, just to decipher what information is valid out of this and see if we can use it going forward. So, earlier this year, Instagram model Jesse Sims, I don't know who that is, took to Twitter, I don't use Twitter, to post a thirst trap in which she leans butt out against the kitchen counter with the caption, you walk into your kitchen and you see me like this, what you doing? Sims calls, Sims call and response format is typical on social media, where influencers rack up engagement on their pictures by encouraging responses from horny men. And some guys reliably took the bait are replying with a thirsty comment like, ask if I'm dreaming because you are a goddess and grab that bottle of olive oil and get you nice and shiny. Those are guys that you generally don't want to associate with. That Those are, well, in my opinion, if you do that and you re- you're an idiot, you're an idiot if you require, like, you know, if you don't know what a thirst trap is and you, resp- or if you do know what a thirst trap is and you respond to it anyways, you're a moron because you get nothing out of it. There is no return on your investment if you respond to a thirst trap. Okay, there's, there's, there is no value in it. So here's the photo of Jesse Sims. She's a pretty girl. Um, so she posts the thirst trap, but the most popular responses took a different tack, responding with a complete lack of horniness. Quote, pour myself a giant bowl of cereal and then ha- head back to the living room to continue watching Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Good movie. Starring Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany. Reads one response with almost 7,000 likes. Another user replied, move right past you to reach my Captain Crunch box. That's called, that is a passive aggressive neg. Neg is a term that was used back in the early 2000s from two books, one called The Game and the other one called The Mystery Method um, about basically how to get women into bed with you by lowering their value, by talking to them and also lowering their value at the same time so that they're more on your level. It's a way of leveling the playing field. That game is over, by the way. That game is generally over for the most part. Um, Now, I understand there are women that think they're tens and they're more like fours. And I know that fat chicks right now um, uh, generally also are playing the same game, but all they're doing is eliminating any possibility for themselves. So this, uh, but... I wanted to kind of, well, I wanted to just focus more on the uh, aspects of this, like this part right here about this negging or this dismissal of a 
beautiful girl. Like this girl, I, I've never I don't know who she is, but she's on I'll give her a shout out at little under at Lil underscore Yessi. And um let's see. So she's obviously trying to get attention and get likes for whatever reason. On Twitter, humor that turns men turns on men become being surprisingly unmoved by sex is having a, a moment. The un and unhorny men are increasingly seen as hilarious and endearing. Take, for example, this screenshot of a man turning down the offer of a sex tape in favor of skate videos. And this guy saying he'd rather talk about his day than sexed. Uh, and then this, this stratospheric engagement is typically accompanied by praise for these sexless men like my guy, the goat, and a true Chad. Chad is like, uh, it's like the slang of Karen, where Karen's a bitch and Chad is a chode. <laughs> um, here it is. Let's see. Uh, sex, so... It's a tw- it's a tweet. Now, obviously, I'm not going to dive into Twitter too much, but I'm just going to talk about the whole underlying tone of it all of it. And it just says, um, let's see, Chad wrote, he wrote, need a girlfriend to film clips for me this summer. This woman wrote, sex tape, hit me up. Chad replies, not at the skate park. I don't be having sex. Not sure what that's all about, but okay. So it's, it's really simplistic stuff. And then the other one is... Um, now, first of all, these tweets and responses, like this guy says, this woman says, I want your D, and I don't know if this is a real person or a, or a bot. I want your D, and then the guy responds, Can't we, can we talk about my day? So it's a passive joke that guys are using to get responses and kind of like, look, there's nothing wrong with a dude having a sense of humor. That It's one of the things that women truly love because it kind of opens up their... Uh, it kind of lowers their guard. It makes them more personable. And if, but if you thing is, if you're constantly throwing jokes out like it's open mic night, then people won't take you seriously. Women won't take you seriously. Remember, as a comedian, I'm not speaking on as one. I'm speaking on behalf of the idea of comedy. If you're going into a place and you're constantly throwing open, uh, open mic one-liners, you're going to quote run the room. When you run the room, say you got 50 people in there and you run, uh, what do you call it, 90% of the room and you're left with 10% of it, you're most likely just going to piss off and annoy most of the people that you're trying to joke and have and, and get up with. And then next thing you know, you've just blown, blown all your chances. Don't get me wrong, being a wallflower doesn't help either, but there are ways, a balanced approach to getting what you want. But it starts before, it starts the minute it starts way before you even walk into that bar or into that restaurant or go online, which is pointless. So uh, what else are they talking about? It could be the jokes about unhorny man are landing because they reflect a new reality, which is that despite uh, talking about it near constantly online, young adults and especially men aren't having very much sex. As Kate Julian reports on in on the Atlantic, which is not a newspaper I really recommend, People currently in their early 20s are two and a half more times as likely to be abstinent as Gen Xers were at age 15. And 15% report having no sex since they reached adulthood. Quote, in the space of a generation, sex has gone from something most high school students have experienced to something most haven't, she writes. Signs are gathering that the delay in teen sex may have been the first indications of a broader withdrawal from physical intimacy that extends well into adulthood. Given these facts, jokes that turn on the idea that men are sex-hungry just don't correlate enough with reality to land at least none among younger cohort. 
All right. So let's dissect that whole thing right there. Or at least pull some tidbits out of it. So apparently they're less likely to experiment or, quote, round first base uh, in order to, you know, be... Okay, especially in high school or middle school, by the time you, you should have already... Most, a lot of guys have, like, kissed girls or they've kind of moved around the neighborhood as far as that goes. Uh, some guys are already plowing. But this was before... Now, actually, I, I would say this is a two-parter. There's two sides of this coin. Whereas if you were in high school back in the day, before the internet was really a thing, before the internet was really a thing, before online porn was really a thing, before social media was really a thing, before texting was really a big thing, I mean, physical intimacy and people hanging out and being social was a huge factor. That was the only way you were going to meet friends. That was the only way you were going to meet the opposite uh, uh, the opposite sex or same sex, which I mean, okay, whatever. But I'm just saying, like in general, the only way you were gonna meet somebody was be like, "Hey, we're hanging out at Todd's house, Todd," or, or "What's Sarah doing later?" or you know, "Hey, can I bring a friend?" or something. You know, that was there was the communication there, and you learned how to read a room, respond properly, and grow up much quicker because the endorphins when you the your hormones and your endorphin levels and all of the other chemistry that's going on when you are in an actual social setting versus when you're in a social media digital communication setting is completely different. It's completely different. It's unhealthy, unbalanced, and it's obviously, in, at this point, I'm concerned that it's increasing. Now, that's one factor to high school or, let's say, middle school through graduation, this lack of social interaction is one factor. I'm guessing the other one is probably nutrition because the more people are hanging out online, watching Netflix, not going out, staying indoors because of whatever reason, well, if they're not able to move around, move their bodies, be so like take care of their head by being socially present, taking care of their bodies by fit, by exercising or going for walks or meeting people and just moving around instead of sitting in front of the TV watching fucking Disney Plus, and then on top of that, eating far more garbage food or feeding, eating far more less nutrient-dense food. Like if you're eating more processed stuff, whether it's vegan, vegetarian, carnivorous, omnivorous, doesn't matter. If you're doing that, and you're eating more, instead of doing that, you're eating more processed stuff instead of what your, you know, your grandma's recipe, obviously your body can't handle that and that takes a toll on your physical uh, progression as you're growing up because those young ages are important to your body properly, uh, um, what do you call it? Properly being fed, I guess. Well, just like, you know, for example, if you're being, if you're being fed shit food as a young, as a young person, it's going to affect you greatly as you get into adulthood. Processed food can you know, you uh, have weaker muscles, weaker sex drive. You're going through puberty. You have you don't feel as masculine. Your your endorph. Oops, shit. Hold on, let me fix that. Sorry, I popped off. Uh, there we go. I got to put that back up there. That's important. Stay. There we go. So, like the rise in diabetes, type two diabetics. 
the rise in veganism, the rise in lack of activity in young adults, the rise in social media, uh, the use in social media, the use in uh, online streaming. This is a major factor. This is a major factor. These are all major factors that can only lead to people being more distant, not learning how to interact properly. Whereas you think if it was like, oh, it's so quick and easy, all I got to do is text you know, text this shit to this girl and then roll over to her place and get some ass. That, for a while, may have been a valid point. I don't know if it still is. Maybe it is in some circles. But according to this section, this whole thing about uh, people, let's see, Gen Xers were at the age, so people in their early 20s right now are two and a half more times as likely to be abstinent than Gen Xers at, were at the age of, at that age. And 50% report, 15% report having no sex since they reached adulthood. So are those factors part of a problem or is there something else at play or does it plan on balancing itself out? I don't know. Well, first of all, my most important takeaway from this section right here, whether they're having more or less, is number one, are they healthy? Number two, are they establishing proper social boundaries and social understanding of things? Uh, is parenting going better? Is parenting good? Is this whole pandemic and political, is that an issue also that needs to be factored in? Health and wellness, that education, the, are these things being factored in? Those are important because those can obviously be massive factors. Understand that. that the Understanding the basics of, of your health and wellness and social health and wellness are the keys to getting, well, wherever you want to go in life. However, if you're one of those kids that is more focused on your studies, more focused on getting to college or not getting to, co so getting to college, but saving money, focusing on starting a business or, you know, yeah, or starting a business or just focusing on yourself because let's face it, uh, sex is a distraction. Sex is a distraction, especially in my late 20s, early to mid early to late 20s, that was an absolute distraction. It was an absolute, well, it was actually more of an objective than a distraction. Um, but that factor is important. That factor is important. Now, it's, but it is, is it, in it being a distraction, is it, it is important because it's a social, sexual interaction is an interaction. It's a social interaction. Through that, it is a key factor in understanding uh, a lot of different things, understanding signals and understanding boundaries and understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. Practice makes perfect. So these are things to consider. Um, the, okay, so there's that. And your health and wellness obviously plays a part. But if you are so focused that you want to have a successful career or have a large uh, uh, buildup of assets before you leave the house at age 22 or 23, whatever, or 18, I don't know. You want to have a significant amount of wealth so you're not struggling as much as you'd have to. If you're aware that you can have a lot of a large amount of asset uh, allocation allocated before you even leave the house and you would rather just focus on doing that and working overtime and doing all this stuff and having two jobs or whatever, then okay, that's... There's nothing wrong with that. And then you'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this for four years and focus on my, my grades, my money, and being completely grounded. 
before I start focusing on love and intimacy and social interaction, because maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe individually they're not, that person's not ready for that. So these are things to consider. Now, obviously, I'll say this right now. If you're a kid, you don't know shit about uh, sex education as far or, or social interaction. You're, you're a newbie to that neighborhood. You're still figuring things out and you're still saying stupid stuff and you're still uh, learning the world in many different aspects, let alone physical intimacy. So, and that's fine. As long as there's still that, you know, that playground, that physical playground in which you're learning how to navigate the world, it will only, it should only make you a better person in general in the long run. So that's one thing. This is, and we've, we've just talked about high school. So what else? Um, all right, it goes on to say, jokes with male sexlessness as their punchline could also be a backlash against traditional gendered humor, which for decades has centered on the idea that men are perpetually horny and that women are frustratingly uninterested in men and uninterested in sex and deny it to willing men. Take, for example, the old quip, men have two emotions, hungry and horny, or the endless reservoir jokes about marriage being sexually frustrating. In our current times, this style of humor feels stale and so it's no surprise that an alternative joke format based on polar opposite assumptions have a has arisen all right so the evolution of a joke well okay let's face it i'm not a fan of hacky jokes i am a fan of street jokes street jokes are classic street jokes are are jokes that aren't really based in reality they have a stretched they definitely have a stretched uh symbolism to them and, but there is hilarity to them because a street joke is something that breaks the mold. Something it's it's truly out of left field and generally is fucking hilarious. And it is there are people that take street they they perfectly craft them. Now gendered humor, traditionally gender gendered humor, as far as you you know women do this and men do that. Okay, I get it. Now am I traditionally gendered? Well, I have traditional values, I guess. I, but I think. I don't know. I mean, when it comes to home values, I uh, love to cook because it's in my roots. Like, I watched both my parents cook. All right, I watched both my parents cook because they both came from roots where everybody took roles from Sicilian and Jewish heritage where everybody took roles in the kitchen because it was a family effort to create the food. It was a family effort to create the food. Whatever the factor was. Growing the food, buying the food, cooking the food, serving the food, cleaning up the dishes. Whatever it was. I don't know. So by viewing all this stuff, it allowed me to be a better asset in the kitchen. Now if I had, let's face it, if I had no particular skills in the kitchen, then why would I force myself to be, or why would I force other people to be like, uh, no, we're changing the gendered roles here. We're changing the traditional roles or whatever roles. Like, I'm going to go in the kitchen and you're going to eat my food because that's the way it's supposed to be and I'm supposed to do everything. But what if my cooking sucked? What if I just naturally was a bad chef? What if I was a bad cook? Why would I, why, if I didn't understand the method and the enjoyment of cooking, then why would I do it? Why couldn't I do something else? Why aren't there other things that I could be doing to better the household? 
whatever it is. I, I don't know. But the fact is, is that I can cook. I can bake. I mean, granted, there are shortcuts I take, but I can cook. I can bake. I can fry. I can clean. So I can do all these things because why would I put that responsibility on somebody else when I can do it? If I can do it and handle the management of that time and that responsibility, then I'll just do it. And by doing it yourself and building something from the ground up, whether it's a uh, 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 a shed or a chicken broccoli Alfredo, I don't know, whatever, or a soup, whatever it is, or a doghouse, I don't know. If you build it yourself, you'll get more satisfaction out of it. You'll feel more appreciation for the effort. Anything you do, anything you do that you build from the ground up or you take a serious participation in putting together, you will have this different, you'll have a different feeling when you see the finished product or the success or at least the successful concept of that finished whatever. You'll be like, nice. You'll feel better instead of just buying it, grubhubbing it. Buying it brand new. Because you just wasted it. Most likely you'll waste way more money. And you won't appreciate the outcome as much. Not even, actually not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Would you rather build, would you rather buy a Tesla Model 3? Or would you rather help drop a uh, engine into a 65 Mustang coupe. I don't know. It just, it's the first concept that came to my head. If you helped, if like, if you found a, like a Tesla, a Tesla's cool. Problem is with a Model 3 is it's friggin' ugly. It is a very ugly car. The S is beautiful. But here's the thing. You're going to spend 40, 50 grand on, an, on a 3. You can go find a 65 Ford Mustang classic roller. A roller is basically a car without the engine. For not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. I mean like five, ten grand. And then you can go buy the engine for you can go buy any engine. Really. For like anywhere from eight hundred to three grand. And put it in that car. Fuel injected, carbureted, doesn't matter. And get that car rolled up and you'll be driving a classic thing that you helped put together, whether it was put the seats, put new seats back in, or help push the drop the engine in. Or get certain parts or order certain rims and customize it to your liking. And the fact is is that a, a, a petrol engine is more primitive. It reaches your primitive soul way more than an electric car does or a hybrid does. So I'm just saying like building something yourself in general, whatever it is, I don't know. Like if you want you want to bake an apple pie, maybe you go buy, maybe you go buy pre-made dough croissant dough. I don't know. Maybe it's pre-made. Okay, fine. But you cut the apples yourself. You add the brown sugar yourself. You add the some some other things in yourself, and then you bake it. You probably like it way more than that shit you just bought right out of the freezer. So these are things, like, this is traditional, traditional gendered roles. Just take them. Look at those traditional gendered roles, that list of them, and be like, well, can I do those? Doesn't matter if it's traditional. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just been portrayed that way. So if you can participate in them, go ahead. Now, um, as far as women being not being interested in sex, well, that's not true. Women are 
very interested in physical intimacy. Don't kid yourself. You'll know the ones that are. You can see it. It's very easy to spot. If you pay attention, you can see that. You know which ones, and it's a lot of them. You just got to pay attention. That's all you got to do. Um, but in order to properly pay attention to their movements and their thoughts and their feelings and their urges, you have to be allowed to look. And to be allowed to look, you have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to have a certain essence about you. You can't look like shit because then they'll just, they'll shut down. Because instead of gazing, you're staring and it's uncomfortable. So understand your place in that. Look the part and you'll allowed to be allowed to participate in some fashion. And you don't have to dive in. You don't have to dive in. You can be like a um, a willing a willing participant in just understanding a person without saying a word. And sometimes you don't have to, yeah, and not saying anything. Doesn't matter where it is. The thing with the whole masks is I get that in certain situations it's okay to wear them. All right, like I get like there is not going out of your, like going out of your way to not wear one. Like I walk in and I'm br- I'm walking. It's see in a lot of situations there's a, a it's an it's very easy to avoid being an asshole in a situation. If people have preferences, you have to respect those preferences. So where was I going with this? This is important. Oh, what the mask hides is the smile. The mask hides the smile. It hides intention. So that's hard to do when you walk into an environment. Maybe you're walking into a business and you're purchasing uh, something or whatever, and they don't see your intention, your your entire thing. You don't see. They don't see your entire intention when you walk in. Not saying for good or bad. I'm just saying in general, these are actual. It's an actual thing. If people can't see your smile, then that's that's a thing. It's important to see a smile. A smile can change somebody's day. They know you're non-threatening. They know you're pleasant. They know that you have potential to be uh, a non-bump in the road for the day. These are important factors. So I'm just saying that hides it. But there are ways to... There are ways about there were there are ways around it depending upon who you are and how you act and how you approach a situation. If you approach a situation intelligently and you're a you're a seemingly trustworthy person, then there are they, these people that's that social interaction will work in your favor. And theirs as well. But as far as this whole thing about women traditionally not being physically into that, no. I don't buy for a second. Every girl's got that little uh, little bureau drawer next to their bed, okay? And, yeah, it's there for a reason. Um, as far as what else is it? What else is in concluding? All right. But more immediately, the popularity of jokes about unhorny men probably signals that the pendulum is swinging back from peak horny on main culture, which reached a fever pitch during the first few weeks of quarantine. The entire world is now horny on social media. Um, let's see. It's another new taboo in the past. The level of public horniness in which users repeatedly threaten to post whole on main is becoming increasingly passe. Levison noted that the horny death rattle sounded the second Netflix got in on the action. And according to the... Okay, so Netflix had... Um, they tweeted, 
What's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand new Twitter account? A brand when you manage a brand Twitter account. Excuse me. So the idea that brands are getting in on the action or lack of, excuse me, and the idea that this whole pandemic, it what, however you look at it, has impacted to a certain degree people's social interaction. Like I just state, like I just stated, the whole when you walk into an environment, your face is covered up. That's a factor. Bars being closed, restaurants being at certain capacities, not places just not being open for a certain period of time has really, like it said, if there was a sexual stock market, it crashed. Just like everything else. People became flirty to fearful. But that will, like everything else, everything turns. So let's continue on because I don't think there was, there's some, there was something to that, but it was kind of just mixed up in quotes. Uh, it's no surprise that we've come to relish jokes about men who are totally interested in sex because there's an element of recognition there. There's pretty much no surprise or shock value left to ring out of being horny on Maine now. And like the sexless men of the jokes we've come to love, we're refusing to take the bait. So, all right. So let me finish up with this then, that, that thought. Like, all right. Right now, it with everything being so uncertain, is it so uncertain? Well, right now, with the opportunities ahead to, if like I, I've always preached that now is more important than anything else. Now is more important than anything else to take responsibility for your own livelihood. So, such as if you are to build a future for yourself without any use of having a career whether you're buying into the stock market or building a YouTube channel or starting your own business or starting your own or going into trade school, people are now more than ever, I would hope, trying desperately to secure their future financially now, like right now, now, in order to, well, just not have to worry about it. And it's taken, and, here, and here's the thing, when you do that, when you're just not having a nine to five job and your entire focus is to take care of yourself financially, well, relationships and social stuff is going to go by the wayside. It's going to completely go by the wayside. So these are things to consider. These are things to consider a lot. So the idea that sex, sex is just going to go by the wayside completely. I get it. I spent a year focusing on building this studio, getting the finances for it just kind of settled, my own personal and the ones for production value, making sure that all my gear was up to date. Uh, and then just and the, the, t the time invested into building a library of videos that show a modest progression in the quality of the stuff that I'm putting out and the, the nonprofit work and the profit work that I was working on, making sure that I had a foundation of stuff that I could use for a future with this company made it so that I could not go out and do stuff. But it was a choice I made. So I would be a perfect example of this person who's just not interested in socially whatever. But I get it. If you don't want to go out and chase ass, that's your thing. But I but if you are focused on your nutrition, if you're focused on building your own 
portfolio of passive income and you're focused on your passions in life and seeking meaning and not having to rely on government or other people, or I should just say other people in general, other people or other entities, then I think that will shine through with the people that you meet. And ultimately, it'll be more, uh, it'll be maybe, maybe less chasing ass and maybe more properly dating or falling in love or just seeking out what you want in life. It doesn't have to be about, maybe it's not the, un, the unhealthy or the unhorny man. It's the more focused man, the more modern man, the one that I preach, the one who's, you know, focuses more on his objectives and doesn't have to speak it as much in order to get his point across, in order to better understand and pursue things like a straighter, a straighter line of understanding. A straighter line of understanding, whereas they ask the right questions, they read the room properly, and they can pursue their goals much quicker. Like the pursuit of, of light, as Jordan Peterson talks about it. Find, you know, following the beacon, it, it zigs and zags, and you chase it. And then you realize that it's not here, it's right over there. And then you got to go down. It's, you know, you never, it's never a straight line to your goals in life. Because how the whole, how the whole, first of all, how the fuck do you know what you know? How do you know what you want? In the beginning, how do you know? You don't. You could go down. You could spend years going down a road of thinking about what you want. I want to do this. I want her, and I want to do all this stuff. And then you get there, and either A, it was a mistake, or B, it was never there to begin with, or C, it was taken away from you. So these ideas that it's the unhorny man, there's truth to that. Or it's the reprioritization of what men are wanting to do. Because we have a responsibility to ourselves, regardless of gender, before we do anything else. We have to make our own road in life before anything else. Had dinner before dessert. So, now the other part of this is that... I get that the social media is is definitely killing the time that is allocated to us to being socially viable and then staying home and not doing anything and being fearful of going out or not working out and not being physically fit. These are other factors. Not properly having a decent wardrobe, you know, having a half a dozen V-necks, having proper, uh, uh, you know, jeans, proper shorts, proper dress pants, proper casual pants, proper shoes, a proper attire, a proper approachable look that best suits your needs and always trying to up your game just a little bit without breaking the bank. You know, and, and that's all. Understanding your environment, clean home, clean car, clean look. Doesn't have to be shaven like me constantly wearing a mustache and rocking fucking chinos. It just has to be a look that you like and appreciate and see effort in, and then the right people will see that and appreciate it. You don't have to look like everybody else. You just have to be you. But be a more refined you. It'll show your true individuality as a person, and people and women will appreciate that as well. Now, I get there's the whole Me Too thing, but you can ignore that. You can ignore that. 
That's for rapers. That's for dudes who like to rape. Okay? You're not that dude. You're not a raper. So don't worry about that. That excludes you. You're trying to go out and be an individual, a useful individual to society. So just focus on that. And yeah, and yeah, I get that. I get it that that may scare you, just like COVID originally originally scared me. Because I was fearful that in the beginning I would, you know, not have like if I got sick, I'd be like, shit. I'm, I know I'm gonna be fine, but I'm gonna I'm gonna miss time to work on things. Like if I'm sick, I can't. Maybe I can't do this or that or get up on time or make coffee or I have to stay in bed for an extra day or something like that. It's like, shit, I'm going to miss stuff and I won't be able to do th- certain things. That's what I was worried about. Now I'm just like, fuck it, who cares? But I become more efficient in my lifestyle, building my own gym, roasting my own beans, making my own coffee, making my own food. It's like boom, 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 boom. What else can I do and put on the top of that platter? Because I'm not trying to go out and be socially viable. I'm not out there chasing ass at all. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a time and place for that. But you think about it and you understand, you get a better understanding of, was that even necessary to begin with? You look back at it with fond memories, but, or maybe you don't, I don't know. That's that's really up to you. It is up to you as the individual, but it is also up to you to be like, if you're going to be texting stupid stuff on the internet and the social media and all this thirst trap bullshit, and you're going to be responding to that, why are you responding to it at all? How did you see it to begin with? Why are you on there to begin with? Why are you getting so many notifications? Why are you wasting your time when you could be doing something else? We, we've talked about that numerous times in this podcast, about wasting your life, wasting your time. I'm no longer a Twitter user. I'm down to maybe three social media accounts that I don't waste a lot of time on. I post and then I generally move on with my day. I focus on passive income on the stock market and investing in that portfolio and paying down debts and and then working on uh, parameters for Podcast Studio 3.0 and how that's going to look. What assets am I going to have available to me? What do I need to purchase? What do I need to build? These are important to me. This is way more important to me. Not wasting time on social media because that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't help anyone. It only makes me more of a target in some aspects. I would rather when you look at me, you say, there's a guy who can do a lot with a little. He can do this, this, and this. His pros outweigh his cons. If he's not with us, at least he's not in our way. That's all. So... I think that this article has a lot of value in it as far as understanding. It's trying to approach a topic that maybe has some real validity to it. But this passive-aggressive aspect that some dudes are are getting into, it may not be an American thing. It may be a foreign thing. I don't know. But it's also... it's And it's not just dudes that are getting into this. Like, for example... These chicks do this all the time, or these bots too, these sex accounts, these thirst traps. They post this stuff all the time on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, in your junk mail, all the time, because they're trying to get attention. So men see this, and they're obviously either going to they're gonna, uh, scroll past it, post on it, 
send it to their friends and how they post on it well it depends but it is there men didn't post it though some a woman did or a bot did okay it's a trap don't don't uh don't bite on it don't be the fish that's on the hook because all they're taking from you is your time so it's very important that you not waste your time in these traps in these comment sections on this social media and find something else to do because there's plenty out there right now okay i think i beat this article to death i'm glad i approached it and i'd like to hear more about the your thoughts and comments on the issue there's a lot to explore from many different angles on this topic and i can see it from many different angles and if you had a thought about how you wanted to approach life, if you want to just chase ass, if you want to focus on your career or on your business and you have, you're going to be up every waking moment of the night working on that aspect of it and creating content, whatever. I get it. it it's, it's, it's a time crunch. So get started on what makes you, makes you feel inside and then just go from there. That's all. Just focus on that. We're at 51 minutes, so let's go ahead and I don't want to milk that article any longer than I have to. Um, I liked I liked it, but we're good. We're definitely good. Let's close up with some Q&A. Um, yeah, we're, we're good on that one. Let's just close up with some Q&A and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, all right, so we're going to go... Blah, 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 blah. If you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Okay, here we go. This might be it. Um, all right. Dig.com uh, dig Q&A. What should I do after lying on a job application about going to a prestigious college and then getting an interview? I recently applied for a prestigious company looking to fill a role that's rarely open, and I lied on my resume. Specifically, I lied about where I went to school. The company hires people from top caliber schools, and I thought swapping the name of my college would help me get my foot in the door. The company had already called me in for a series of in-person interviews with key players in the department. My interaction with the team had, has reinforced my confidence in wanting the job and guilt about lying where I attended college. At least two people have remarked what a wonderful place it is, so it hasn't gone unnoticed. My HR contact just reached out to me and asked me to complete an electronic application. And again, it prompts me to fill in my education credentials. Now that I'm in the final stages of consideration, I'm terrified of the background check revealing the life, really revealing the lie and losing this job over it. Okay. So a lot of the times they'll be checking these high prestigious places. If they, if yeah, their qualifications ask specifically for this, they're going to do a background check on you. They're going to check your social media. They're going to check your LinkedIn page. They're going to check your references and they're going to check the college that you went to. They could just call the call. All I have to do is pick up the phone, call the college, and the college and the college is going to check the records and that's it and then you're you're done so if you have any concern of that you need to withdraw your application citing health issues and that's it okay you, you did it i i get it you you can withdraw your application and go from there and maybe there'll be possibilities in the future for you but you there are ways for you to get out of this without having to tell the truth, but there is still a chance for you to get out of this. So the idea about lying on something like that, first of all, if you can get away with it, fine, do it. 
if a company is stupid enough to take you on like that, fine, do it. I love stealing money from corporations. I have no problem with it. The um, that's just sorry. That's just I, I throw out I threw it out there comment and I'm sticking by it for now. But if you can get out of this right now without any damage to your reputation and maybe just citing sudden health reasons, then I would just get out of it and go from there. Because, I mean, it'd be worse if you got called out. Because if you got called, if they called your bluff, you're, that's it. There's no more chance with that company. And believe me, and there's no secrets anymore. So you tell, if, if they know about it, Somebody's going to tell somebody something. It will get relayed. That just, I don't know how, but it does. And you don't want to be the victim of that, although you brought it on yourself. So you need to withdraw your application. All right. Am I a jerk for refusing to babysit again after my sister-in-law surprised me by leaving her kids with me for two weeks? I love my nieces and nephews. Nieces and nephew. They are the light of my life. Apparently not. My partner and I both want to be a child want to be child free, so I love these kids like they're my own. When we moved to a new house, we set up a room for the girls to share when we watch them. I usually offer to watch them for a night so their parents can have a night away from the kids. It's actually important. My brother is out of town on a work trip, so his wife is alone with the kids. He's going to be gone for another two weeks. She called and asked if I could watch the kids for a few hours. I agreed, and she brought them over. After five hours, I was getting worried and called my sister-in-law. Well, she decided to join my brother-in-law out of town, and she was on a plane and wants me to watch the kids for two weeks. I've never watched these kids for longer than three days before. I called my mom and she was mad. She called my sister-in-law and yelled at her. She called me back and told me to bring the kids over and she'll watch them. My parents are older and my dad has heart issues, so I would have stayed close to help with my dad, but it also means that they're high risk. So I told her that I'm not I'm not doing that and I just watch them. I'm not doing that and I just watch them. My mom and dad have been a huge help. Well, yesterday my brother called me and I told him that after they get back, I won't be watching his kids again. Both him and my sister-in-law think I'm being dramatic. Her mom called me and told me parents need a break every now and then. I work, I work have, what the hell? I work have been more happy, I would have been, you wrote this wrong, moron. I would have been more happy to watch them if they gave me a heads up. If they told me how to watch them, showed me how to do it, and told me in advance, I would be more happy to watch them. My partner and my parents are on my side, but I feel like an asshole for telling me I'm never watching his kids again. Well, look, last minute, last minute in two weeks. Whoo, that's a lot. Couple days. All right, a weekend getaway, understandable. Two weeks is a lot. Two weeks is a long time. All right, two weeks is a long time for. I mean, there's all kinds of issues. I mean, are the kids on medication? What's their morning habits? How old are the kids? I mean, these are all major things. You just take off? I mean, no, 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 no. You don't You don't just drop the kids off for a day and then you take off for two weeks. No. No, I get where maybe you're being a little dramatic about watching the kids again, never watching the kids again. I don't think that's the case. You'll eventually back off. But... The idea of two weeks? No, that's a douchey move. That's a douchey move where you're going to take off for two weeks and then 
here, here's my kids. I'll be back. No, 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 that doesn't, that doesn't work like that way. I understand where you're coming from. You've been more than helpful in watching the kids so that they can go out and have some type of life. But as far as two weeks goes, two weeks is a long time because now you have to adjust your schedule to the things that you need to do. And you now have the responsibility of somebody's two little, uh, of somebody's other kids to be responsible for. And what if something happens? Now it's on your watch. So I get where you're coming from. It's a huge responsibility to be, quote, thrown at at the last minute. And now you have to adjust your schedule to accommodate them. That's bullshit. That's a shit move. That's a shit move for a parent. So I get where you're coming from. And your, quote, empty threat of not watching the kid watch their kids again is a valid one, though. Absolutely. So I agree with you about you being upset. And the parents need to be, well, not the parents, but she needs to be held, needs to be held accountable specifically for the well-being of her kids. She had them. It's her job. Okay. So in any case, we're good on that one. Okay. Uh, it's an early morning here over at the spare parts studio. I'm going to go ahead and close up shop on this hour long. Uh, you can, if you have questions about the articles, that I've been perusing through for the past couple of weeks and today's articles as well. You can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. If you have stock questions, if you have posing music requests, if you have uh, any other concerns or questions or comments, you can email me directly. Go through my website, of course, as well. Um, all support can go through my website as well, positivesarcasm.com. Uh, if you want to be a guest in the podcast or you simply just want to view the podcast from the, from the uh, casting couch, you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Just put in the subject, uh, podcast studio or guest. That's it. I mean, I try to keep it pretty simple. Uh, if you get, but like I said, if you have questions, concerns, or comments, email me directly. Uh, in any case, uh, we're done for today. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. You can find me on the social medias, Twi uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find me on Positive Sarcasm Podcast and Positive Sarcasm on YouTube. So check out those two channels. Like, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what else? I guess that's it. I mean, there's plenty. You know where to find me. Until then, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, uh, you know, PodBay, CastBox, all the wherever, wherever you can find me, wherever podcasts are available, also downloadable and streamable from my website, PositiveSarcasm.com. But thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing, and I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. What are you, what are you saying? All you trekkies and TV addicts Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static All your Klingons in the fucking house Grab your back street friend and get loud Blowing doors off hinges Grab you with the pinches And no, I didn't retire I snatch you off with the needle nose pliers Black kids will overhaul What you won't get to see before Riding in the glazing Like Lord King, you know what you're
sarcasm.com slash donate any amount is appreciated once again positive sarcasm.com slash donate